Guys, this is my favorite of all. It's all of our favorites. It's our listener favorite. That's right. Humans of the Food Bank. We're doing our last segment, which is with our board members, which has been really fun and really interesting. Definitely. Because a lot of people have, you know, COVID illness challenges, uh, business owners having, you know, issues with hiring people. But you know what? They've stopped their day and they still sat down with us, which was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is great because I think in a lot of ways, people understand who we are and what we do. But it's not always immediately apparent what value board members bring yeah. to an organization like yeah. ours. Mm -hmm. So really diving into that has been really awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. been really cool to and see. And the, the volunteer hours that they put into it yeah. and uh, the passion they have for it as much as we do. You know, we do it every single day and, and they're pretty dedicated too, which is really <laughs> fun. It's fun to hang out with them. And I'm really excited for all you guys to meet them. So enjoy a few of our board members, uh, a few of almost 40. So right. it's pretty cool. So enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another awesome edition of Feeding Tampa Bay's podcast. I am here as always with my co-host Shannon and our engineer extraordinaire Hi. Ev. What's up? Have podcasts will travel. That's right. <laughs> and we are super excited for this episode episode this yeah. version of what we're gonna do because we're gonna put our board members on yes. the spot <laughs> so i don't have favorites but my favorite board members here today <laughs> with us yeah. her name is monica wilson how you doing monica i'm doing great thanks for having me yeah. of course we're excited we want to hear um, i think you know you hold a unique position yes. on our board and i think it's a really really important one and we want to know all about you, but let's start with that. How did you uh, connect with us and then end up as a board member? So um, I connected with Feeding Tampa Bay probably in 2010 as a volunteer um, at the pantry that I'm now the director for, and um, I was shopping. Um, the warehouse looked much different than it looks now, and we used to shove cans into to boxes and load up our car and head on our way. Um, and... As our pantry grew, I became more involved as a volunteer, and they decided we need more than a volunteer to be in charge. We need someone to really run this for us, and I um, am now the director, um, but I'm very hands-on, and I got even more involved with um, Feeding Tampa Bay when Thomas made eye contact at, with me um, several times and then finally said I think we should talk <laughs> and um, it's always scary yeah, it is so we, scary I think we've always you had should that. not make we've eye contact <laughs> yeah. right uh, <laughs> I think we should and talk. said um, you know I want you to just think about this and I really didn't have to think long to be perfectly honest because I felt um, the way feeding Tampa Bay was growing and the direction it was taking the agency voice was important. Yeah. And yeah. so I felt it a huge privilege to be the agency voice um, for Feeding Tampa Bay. So although I thought, oh my gosh, one more thing, <laughs> I thought if there was one more thing, this would be yeah. Yeah. the perfect place. Yeah. So not really arm twisting, but I like to say that it was. <laughs> well, and when you say one more thing, I think that's a perfect opening for me to ask you about your pantry <laughs> because it's not just hey, here's a box or a bag of food. You guys are an incredible example of what we would love all of our agency partners to be and do. So tell us a little bit about Community Food Pantry. So Community Food Pantry um, kind of hangs their hat on being client choice. Um, and I'm talking pre-pandemic. I don't know if we're allowed to say that word anymore. <laughs> um, but pre-pandemic. And then come March 15th, we moved outside to an outside distribution. Something that we used to host, you know, four or five times a year at our pantry. We'd have big mobile pantries. Feeding Tampa Bay would bring their trucks. And we distribute outside. We used to say five is a lot in a year. We did seven in 2019 and said, we're going to scale back because that's a lot of work. <laughs> and a little did then you know. here we are. Yeah. We do them twice a week. <laughs> um, so 106 mobile pantries a year are taking place at our food pantry. And so we do still do choice in... Um, ways such as choices of what we're providing our guests. So they're driving through a line now. Um, they're not picking off the shelf like in the grocery store, which is what we would love. Um, but we're giving them choices in their frozen meat. There's going to be some ground beef. There may be some chicken breasts. Um, we're giving them a variety of um, 
produce. So although we have lots of bulk produce and we could just give you a bag of apples, we really take time to make sure you're getting apples and oranges and, and grapes and lettuce um, so that everyone in your household is going to have something in that, in that bag or that box that's going to provide nutrition for your family. So um, let, let's st- stick on this concept for just uh-huh. a second because I want to talk about the other things you do organizationally, but I, I want to dive a little deeper here because you know we've talked about all of the incredible opportunity that's come to Feeding Tampa Bay over the last two years in the midst of, of the challenges of the pandemic. But to me, the biggest thing we've lost is client choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that we were really, really pushing hard, that you were the tip of the spear, right? Leading the charge Absolutely. on the how important it is to create a dignified experience where the individuals who come to us and say, I'm in need of some help still get a little bit of control, Mm -hmm. still get a little bit of feeling of power over their situation because they get to choose from amongst the options we have available. Tell us a little bit about that struggle that you've had, because like you said, you hang your hat. Yeah, it, it's it's a big struggle. It's a struggle for our team, and our our goal is obviously dignity. So I always say when I'm talking to groups that come in, we serve food, but dignity we serve too right alongside it. And how can you serve dignity if you're giving someone pork and they don't eat pork? Right. It becomes really, really difficult. So we do lots of things. We ask in the line when our guests come through, when we're getting their information, is there something specific you were looking for today? Sometimes our guests now are comfortable and say, hey, my family doesn't eat meat if you want to save that for someone Mm -hmm. else. We'll double their produce. Um, It is not a perfect science for sure, but it is something where we are striving to still make sure it's a dignified experience. Um, Some of the other things that I think that are dignified is we make sure we're providing our shelf-stable groceries. It truly is a variety. There's always something in that bag that makes a meal. It is not just a hodgepodge of canned goods. It truly is something where your family can sit around the table and enjoy a meal. There's always going to be something for breakfast, we know, and especially for our our children and even our seniors. Mm -hmm. um, Having something for breakfast is so crucial. So there's always a box of cereal or some oatmeal or grits or something in there hearty for breakfast. And then we have vegetables and fruit, um, usually some type of a canned meal like a Chef Boyardee type product. There's always snacks. Everyone likes snacks. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, And and then we even make sure we do condiments. One of those things that is so expensive, and you're Mm going to probably do without it. So we are always doing that salad dressing, mayonnaise, ketchup, you know, adding to your pantry. Right. I'm a dipper. You know, I'm a dipper. My kids are dippers. And so it's something extra. And then we also do a roll of toilet paper. A box mm-hmm. of tissues. Um, you know, those those they cost lots of money. I've got yeah. four kids, so I know what it's like to have toilet paper in your household. Blessing bags. Yes. You do the blessing yes. bags Yes, and well. we do. We do our bags of hope. Yeah. And so those are providing toiletries to anybody who's in need. So our bags of hope are a little bit smaller, the smaller items, you know, that you'd maybe have like from a hotel. Mm. But we do bulk items. Clients are always saying to us, do you have shampoo or do you have laundry detergent? All of those things we're passing on, those are very dignified. Mm-hmm. Um, those are items that we can't have you come and pick and shop, but we can certainly offer them. And we offer them in a way where it's kind of displayed like a grocery shelf. And when you're driving through, they see that shelf and then they can choose depending on how many we have, yeah. one product or two products that day when they come through. So maybe they have laundry detergent, but they really need dishwashing liquid. So they would pick that. Well, And, and the point you make about the expense of those types of mm-hmm. items is really important because as we say all the time, food insecurity is not really about food. Correct. Right. It's about capacity within your family budget. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so if we, you specifically in this case, your team can augment somebody's monthly budget by providing some shampoo and some mm-hmm. uh, toilet paper and other things that, that they would have to buy otherwise. Right then you are increasing their food security. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And 
and it's and it's kind of tricky too because sometimes people say to me you know like I know but you're it's so much more work to provide all those extra things and give those choices you could just stick laundry detergent in someone's trunk and that's just get what they get but why wouldn't we give it to someone who really needed it right mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it makes sense to make the extra one to go the extra mile and give them those options it absolutely does. Yeah. And so I, I interrupted you a little bit because I wanted, okay. to, wanted to talk about okay. client choice, but <clears throat> tell us a little bit more about all the other things that Community Food Pantry does. So um, I guess I'd say very similar to our empowerment center that we have now in Pinellas, which is our long-term goal for Community Food Pantry. Um, We are providing those bags of hope, which are giving you toiletry items. We provide lots of resources in that bag as well, and we provide that to our clients who come through the line. So we let them know about Trinity Cafe. This is one place you can go with your family Mm -hmm. if you chose, and you're saving one meal a day by going there and getting a hot meal. Um, where you can sit around the table um, and have discussion. We share with them if they're in need of meals being delivered. They can reach out to Feeding Tampa Bay. They can reach out to Meals on Wheels, that there are other resources in the community. Um, 211, which is a lifeline for many of us. I even use it sometimes when someone calls me with an answer I don't have, and I say, let me see if I can figure it out for you. Maybe there's some resources in the community that I don't know about, and they're forever changing these resources. Um, Who you talk to, who you don't talk to, who has, you know, the most needs for a male, a female, um, a senior, or a child. Um, So we use 211 as well. And we provide that information simply on a sheet of paper so you just have that in your hand. That's one of our biggest, I guess, things that we are really huge on is being able to share resources. A lot of times, people just don't know where to go. Right. And they don't know how to start. And so it's just one more piece. We're giving you some food. It's not filling your pantry for 30 days. It's hopefully getting you through a gap that we can help close. But we know you need much more than food. You yeah. just do. It's just the start. It is definitely the start. We have a volunteer social worker and nurse who, for a while, we've been completely shut down, but we offered just kind blood pressure checks that truly just opened up conversation for more. Mm-hmm. We can't afford to get our, di- our insulin, and my husband's diabetic, so he does it every other day instead of every day so we can get through. But maybe there's a resource that can help them that they don't know about. And so that allows for conversation. That resource that we offer, um, when we weren't offering it during the height of the pandemic, was probably the most asked question of our guests coming through the line. Where's the nurse lady? You know, is she gonna come back? Driving through, you stop, you have how long that you can talk to that person. So now we have constructed where we're going to be able to move back inside and we can safely see those who want to be seen. Again, food's in your car. You now have to go inside and see a nurse. You're worrying about your food in your car. So those are some of the logistics that we're working out. But we know the need is great. It's definitely great. And I, I love that it, you know, we know a lot of people will show up for food. Mm-hmm. But we know food's not the only thing, the only challenge in their life. And Mm -hmm. um, the fact that you guys continue to ask those questions and then seek resources and support is is exactly the the agency partner that that we want to have. Um, Is there a, I mean, I know you mentioned that you're kind of the agency representative on the board. Tell me how you approach that during board meetings or, or, you know, kind of in your service as a board member? So I think just being the voice that reminds the board that the boots on the ground is so important. I don't know the fancy figures of how much food is goes out by agencies compared to over 80%. So there you go. So if 80% of the people of the agencies are providing the food to the community they need to be thought of way up here in the planning. Yes. Um, I think that Feeding Tampa Bay has been very thoughtful in that. Um, the gains we've made, it's amazing what a pandemic did, is just tremendous. Um, 
I'm a caller. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to beg. I'm going to say I need a trailer. I need a truck. Can I have an extra produce drop off? How can I, you know, use your warehouse space for 30 more days because I can't fit it in mine? But every agency is not going to necessarily do that. So how can we provide them capacity where they are? Um, and a lot of times they don't even know. They don't even know what Feeding Tampa Bay, how they can help them. And it becomes a lift to Feeding Tampa Bay because, oh, you can do this in the community for us? Voila. Yep, absolutely. Right, Right, absolutely. So where are you located? I think when I first met you and found out where your pantry Mm -hmm. is, I think it's um, astounding and it's an amazing um, thing to find out. Tell us about where you are. So we're located in North Tampa. We sit just as you enter um, Carrollwood Village, which I would consider, I guess, an upper middle class neighborhood. And we sit behind a church that's right off of South Village, which is Fletcher also, just Mm -hmm. as you head west off of Dale Mabry at South Village Drive. Um, Many people who live in the neighborhood didn't even know we existed. Now we have very, very long lines, so they do know we are there. (laughs) Um, But we... um, we just have quietly served since late 2008. Yeah. And it started because a few people came to the church looking for food. And the pastor was like, we don't have food and we're a church. We need to fix this. So a few shelves went in his office. Some ladies at the church said, we're going to make this happen. And now here we are under 1,500 square feet, um, lots of borrowed space that we've asked for forgiveness that we use inside the sanctuary, a few classrooms that we take up. Um, And we just make it work. It's in and out, so we make our space work. We utilize every inch. Um, We find creative ways to store pallets in corners that people didn't know pallets could fit. (laughs) But we make it work. And we've been able to build our capacity um, in pre-pandemic we were able to have a steady growth. We had lots of help from Feeding Tampa Bay giving us ideas of how we could build capacity and not, you know, it's you don't have to build another building all the time to make it work. Um, so we were able to do that as well. And now, if you would have asked me on March 14th, can you serve a couple hundred families every time you open your doors when you used to serve 50? I would have said, absolutely not. And here we are. And we served 350 for a good couple of months huh. every time we opened our doors. Yeah. We, the food came. Feeding Tampa Bay came in with trucks, with pallets. We, we made it work. Um, and we have not had to say we are going to compromise anything we are doing. Right. We're able to, fi- we're able to um, supply quality nutrition every single one of our clients who comes through our lines. Grocery stores have stepped up. We've been able to pick up more stores so that we can handle the capacity, add freezers, and just and build up and not out. <laughs> right. So from that perspective as being a partner, but mm-hmm. as a board member, what has it been like from March 2020 to now, that so, growth and that experience as a board member of Feeding Tampa Bay? So I would say it was a privilege to be asked to be a board member before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It is now an honor. I mean, not that it wasn't an honor. (laughs) It sounded negative. I don't want to sound negative. (laughs) It is an honor to be a board member. Our board has totally rallied. I totally rallied. And they're not boots on the ground. But they're trusting the process. They're trusting our leaders, our team leaders here at Feeding Tampa Bay, and they really are listening to what are the needs? What are the needs in the community? And they, it's not like they, it's just a buy-in. They get it. And so for me, not only as a board member, it's hard to take off either one of the hats, to be perfectly honest. Um, I'm really, really honored to be a part of a group that is really that dedicated to our community mm-hmm. um, and knows that it's much more than just food. Right. It's much more than just right. food. Yeah, I think you make a really interesting point about the role our board has played in the last two years because it's really easy to identify our truck drivers and our yep. warehouse team and our staff in all sorts of ways, mm-hmm. the the mega pantry team and all of that as heroes of the last two years. Yes. In the same way, our board members played their role incredibly well. Mm-hmm. You know, if their role is to provide direction and resource 
to the organization and allow us to execute, they have done that beautifully. They have. I mean, anything that we could think of that we thought would make a positive difference, our board has helped make happen. Mm Agree. Agree 100%. When I hear the things that they're doing, I'm just astounded. It is, it's amazing. I mean, the hard work is happening, obviously, every day by, like you said, our truck drivers. We love our truck drivers. Yes. Mm-hmm. They know we exactly what we, want, what we want, how what we need. I know what drinks they want when I get the, <laughs> they pull up. Aww. I need one water and one cell. I mean, but they may have made it um, possible for them to do that. And they've totally stepped into the realm of how are we going to do this? It's, this is the way we are now. Mm-hmm. We are here. Yeah, we are here. We didn't think we'd be here, but here we are, yeah. and we're d- we're able to do it. But they've definitely stepped up. So, mm-hmm. a privilege and an honor. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much thank for you. taking the time to come visit us again. Yes. You've been on the show. We're definitely yes. going to link your original interview oh. to to the interviews today. <laughs> we appreciate you, all your hard work, and thank the you. heart and soul you put into everything that you do. Thanks for day. having me. From school pantries to holiday distributions like Turkey Time with the O-Line, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have provided thousands of meals to our neighbors in need again this year. And now, the D-Line is tackling hunger in a new way by supporting school pantries to help feed families and children throughout all of 2022. So let's fire up those cannons to bring home that next trophy and keep working to end hunger in Tampa Bay. Thrilled to be on to our next board member. I'm really excited about this one. So much goes on with this company that we're so glad that uh, this board member represents our shopping experience at Feeding Tampa Bay. Uh, I have a wonderful memory of right in the middle of the pandemic where just truckloads of milk came and a little boy cried because he was getting milk to go on his cereal. Welcome, Steve, from Publix to our podcast. I hear it's your first time. It is, and thank you for the uh, for the introduction. Yes, it's my first time doing one. Well, welcome. So thrilled to have you join us. How of have course. you been? Oh, things have been good. Um, you know, the uh, the pandemic is still a hold out in the grocery stores and every retailer out there, and I'm sure every business. So we're we're just getting through. So everything's good. It just keeps morphing. It keeps changing, and we are we all keep just catching up with it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's something that's become pretty much the norm that we just work with now. So, yeah. and I know everybody's doing that. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious though, you know, to talk about that a little bit more because as a store manager, I'm sure there are a million things that have happened over the last two years that were totally new. Oh my goodness, um, I've been in this business uh, going on 36 years. Um, I've never been in a situation where we've had as many. Um, inventory issues as we've had and we've seen through through um, supply chain constraints um, it's not the fact that we're just um, not ordering correctly it's the fact that just we just can't get the product yeah right. so. well and and you you know there was a time there when you had one-way streets in Publixes. Mm-hmm. it was yes. yep. directional aisles and <laughs> Um, that has since uh, we've we've since not done that and required the directional aisles or the uh, six feet stickers on the floor. So, um, and then I'm sure there have been issues around uh, staffing as well. Staffing's been a challenge, and you know, the best part of, of where I work is we have a lot of different locations, so we can we can transfer help from one to to the to the other store. Um, so we have a resource out there, and we help each other. So that's a big big thing, and. We're all, you know, maybe one store is um, short more help than the next store, so we'll shift uh, help from store to store in the area. So that, that that's a big benefit for us. Yeah, it's um, it's been interesting because you know I think you and I have had this conversation before. Everybody who grew up here or lives here has their Publix, right? <laughs> My Publix is the one at Sunset Point and right. Belcher, and there are people there who have been there forever as baggers or in the deli or wherever and you get to know them you know they get to know you and they see okay well every you know saturday morning you're in here and you're getting this this and this mm. and so how are you doing you know, yeah you're getting to catch up with them and then um just it, it's been such a challenge to keep great employees in the last two years how has Publix been been approaching employee management? Uh, there's a there's a great question, and 
you know, I, I talk about it a lot. I talk about it through my interviews. I talk about it through the, um, through the tenured associates. Um, I call it the public's culture. And that, that culture is instilled in every one of the leadership at, at Publix. So we kind of, you know, everybody thinks it's a real big mystery. You know, how, how do you do it in Publix? How, do you, how are you known for that? And it's, it's simple. Um, we take care of our people. So yeah. when I hire somebody, I tell them, look, you're not here to make my life easier. I'm here to make your life easier so you can make our customers' life easier. And I firmly believe that everybody gets up in the morning and wants to be successful. So it's my job to make sure that they are successful. Um, that creates the frustration to go away. That creates the, you know, a good question I always ask is, what do you think of when you come to work? Um, and most of my associates say, oh, to see, to see my friends and to see my customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think when I started, when I got out of, when I got out of college, um, I thought to myself, you know, what am I going to do now? And I was already at Publix. I had started Publix when I was in high school. And I told my buddies, and they're all finance majors. They, don't, they all went on to be CPAs. I said, I think I'm going to stay at Publix. Mm-hmm. And they said, they said, Ellis, you're going to bag groceries the rest of your life? And I said, I think I'm going to. And my reason for doing that was because I wanted to give back what my managers gave me. Yeah. Wow. And I'm doing it. That's awesome. That so, must feel really good every it day does. to be able to do that. And Publix is such a unique corporation. You know, obviously we love you guys because you're headquartered here because, you know, you're incredibly supportive of Mm -hmm. Feeding Tampa Bay, of every Feeding America affiliate within your territory. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is something different about Publix as a company. And I wonder, I would love to hear from, from your perspective what you think that is. Well... I think what people see when they come into the store is they see associates who are prepared to serve them um, maybe better than than a competitor might. I don't know. I'm, I've never worked for another competitor. But, again, it's my job to make sure that my associates are coming in in good moods. Yeah. Okay? And that means the world. So I think, I think our, our edge is, is that we're employee owned. So we have the ability to make our own decisions as far as um, our biggest controllable cost, and which is payroll. Yeah. Okay. So we can make those decisions to staff our stores properly. So instead of that associate coming in, knowing they're going to be maybe the only person working the deli, or maybe they have a, an, an, another associate, maybe there's two. Um, in a Publix, you're going to see seven to nine or more. Yeah. And multiply that across every department. Um, and that's because five of them are making subs because everybody wants a public <laughs> right, sub. Right. <laughs> so th- there's a lot to be said about putting those associates in a place where they know they're not going to fail. Yeah. Because I, mm-hmm. I feel as a manager, if I, if I say to this associate, hey, I know I haven't trained you to set up seafood, but there's nobody to, there's nobody to set it up. So you're going to go back there and you're going to set that seafood up. And then I go back there, and they have raw next to cooked, and they have, you know, there's, there's ice on top of the whole fish, and, you know, everything's wrong. And then I start getting on them for it being wrong. That's not fair. Right. So everybody knows there's a public's promise. It's, we'll never knowingly disappoint you. If for any reason you're not satisfied, we'll go out of the refund. My promise to the associates, I will never knowingly give them a job they weren't properly trained to do. Um, those are my marching orders. Mm-hmm. But again, to your to your question, um, it's all about the culture of Publix. It's all about how we take care of our associates and um, our suppliers and and our community. And having holiday commercials that make my wife cry. <laughs> yes, that make everyone cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's a testament too that you, we you know in our work we've met so many Publix employees that have been there since high school. Yep. That have yeah. made that choice to stay yeah. on. There's w- so many on your team. I'm, I guess I'm an anomaly. I have three publics because of where Dude, I live in North lucky. Tampa. <laughs> so it depends on where I'm at oh, is I where go, I stop. I go to others, but I have one that is mine. <laughs> well, then, because I go and they're like, where you been? Or, you know, I haven't seen you in a while. And, you know, you have. Mm-hmm. And so many people work for such a long time. So many start right out of high school. My, my children have all done time at Publix, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, and it is that culture of kindness. 
Yeah, and it really, it really does matter. And, you know, my, my tenure at, at Publix is pretty much the norm. If I'm, if I'm a certain age, we all have those that certain amount of years in because we all started pretty much when we were kids. Or, well, and there's some real value in upper management having walked the walk yeah. of the bagger, mm-hmm. of the yeah. cashier, of the stalker of the person behind the deli counter or the bakery. It's all part of that culture. You're right. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's an incredible value in your ability to set expectations to train mm-hmm. because you've gotten that under your fingernails too. Absolutely. Yeah. The associates feel that support. Um, they, they know that I've been a bagger. They know that I've that I come through and they also know that I jump in when, Right. You know, yeah. if, the, if, if you'll if, also be a bagger today yeah. if you need to. <laughs> well, and that's everybody. That's just not. That's me. just that's, how it is in public. Mm-hmm. You know that happens. So. And it's a really interesting thing because I think about our our work here at Feeding Tampa Bay. We've grown so quickly, and there are so many new employees here. Not a lot of people know Thomas used to jump in and drive trucks mm-hmm. when he first started. You know, Thomas has sorted everything you could That's possibly fantastic. imagine. Mm-hmm. He's gone and served at Trinity and everywhere else we ask people to serve. And you can tell in the way he manages our team. And to have an entire corporation built that way is really, really awesome. Yeah, he's been an amazing leader mm-hmm. for sure. And I, uh, I'm honored to have a chance to work work with the entire team, and um, I remember meeting Thomas for the first time, and I was like, I was just taken aback because he's he's uh, he's very good at what he does. He's the real deal for sure. He is. I have to chime in there about our whole leadership team. You know, Matt also puts his hands in and mm-hmm. supports everything, and our all of our our chiefs yes. uh, would do anything that we would do and would stand beside us. So I I kind of have to chime in with that, and I feel we feel that way about the board as well so yeah. tell us a little bit about uh your time in the board and and being with Publix. tell okay. us about your journey well it all started um i've my first tour of this facility was in 2010 and i was a manager in south tampa and we were beginning our perishable recovery program mm-hmm. and i'm very passionate about that and um I kind of like to hope our district does better because I'm always making sure I remind everybody to their, to keep, keep well, keeping things like that. And, you know, and not to interrupt your story, but I think it's important to mention that Feeding Tampa Bay is number one in the entire Feeding America network in pounds rescued out of retail That's locations. Yep. That's and it's because of Publix and it's because of other partners. Right. And, and yep. you know, not just generically Publix, but... Mm-hmm. Your passion mm-hmm. for it. Right, right. And That's I think it's important. good to, to explain what that is. Um, yes, thank you. Which basically we're, we're, we're saving wholesome food, um, first and foremost. We're, we're saving popped cryovac um, containers of bacon, maybe. The, the product's still good, but we're not going to sell it on our shelf if the cryovac's popped. So in, in the freezer it goes um, all the way to produce, where we have a you know an apple that goes for you know sometimes $3 a pound for an apple. I'm not going to want to sell a, an apple with a bruise on it for that. So we, we grade those apples or whatever fruit it might be or whatever v- vegetable. And then that gets set aside for, for donation because those, those items are still equally as wholesome as the others. It's just that we're not going to have that on our shelf and, and, and ask the customer to pay that, that premium price. Right. So that is basically in a nutshell what the perishable recovery program is. So. 2010, I believe, is when Publix began to roll that out. Um, that was my first tour. And then I came back um, and was on a committee in 2014. So 2014 is when I really started to be involved. Um, before that was other volunteer stuff. But, you know, being in the food business, um, it fit and it was a, it was a perfect match. Um, once, I, once I started, I was a part of an operations committee. And one of our past board chairs, Todd, Todd Wickner, was the uh, was the chair of that operations committee. And, and as soon as I got on that, I loved it. And I loved the family of Feeding Tampa Bay. Um, when I walked in here, I would be like, hey, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a warm, welcoming place, and I loved being here. So I sat on that committee for, um, for a few years, and then um, I got invited um, for a seat on the board, I believe, in 2016. 
2016. So you've and seen us through a lot. Yeah. You have- yes, we've we've been together, and I've I've seen Feeding Tampa Bay grow quite a bit. Oh yeah. Um, but um, I've since uh, I chaired the operations committee for a while, and um, you know every chance I get, I like to come in and just kind of see see how things are going for sure. Yeah, you're certainly a familiar face around here, <laughs> and and I think it's more than just the board service. You know, Publix comes in and strips and and redoes the floors at Trinity Cafe yes. for us. Mm-hmm. You take care of getting everything we need for our Publix community market that's right here on site. Yeah, you're out at that. donations and you're out at you know distributions, and it's just weekly it's, fresh produce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I you know, we're just because of what we do, we're floor care gurus, you know. <laughs> we, we all like to public people like to think we're good at floor care. And that's a really neat opportunity to get some of the folks in the stores involved and mm-hmm. and I love doing it. So, yeah, we've we've stripped a few floors in a couple Trinity cafes, and we went we went over to St. Pete and did did yep. their floor too. Yes. Did the new feeding yes. Pinellas, and isn't it beautiful? Oh, one hundred percent. I loved <laughs> it. Can't wait for the other cafes to yeah. get that refresh, and it's just breathtaking for someone to walk in for that meal in that beautiful space. Absolutely, it is. On that gorgeous floor. Yeah. So, let's see. Um, after yeah, after I joined the board, um, two thousand sixteen. That's here we are today. Mm-hmm. That's and. You know, there's a there's an incredible value that fresh perspective brings, but your length of time with us, the the growing pains that you've been here for, the being able to see where we've come from is such a valuable insight to all of our new friends that we've gained over the last sure. couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I notice at board meetings adding that historical context really brings depth to our conversation. Right. right. You know, really it I, I always love to hear you or Thomas or you know, one of the other long-serving leaders of the, of the organization say something like, if you had told me in 2017 mm-hmm. that we would, yes, ex- you know, whatever it is, uh, I wouldn't have believed you. And, and I love that because it's all about recalculating what's possible for us as an organization. And, you know, you played a big part in in building our strategic plan that we're currently in the third year of. We're about to launch another one. And, right, right. And I think it's given us confidence to say uh, we can do incredible things mm-hmm. for this community because we know we have the best grocery chain in the world behind us. We have great well, leaders. We have, you know, I would say that, you know, it takes all of us in, in every facet of the business and, and then some to do what feeding Tampa Bay is able to do. And I'm proud to be a partner in all of it. You know, when it, when I come in through those doors, the, the, the competitive part of me stops. Um, this is a, this is a group team effort. Um, so I, I welcome all all the businesses, big or small, to be able to pitch in for that. Right. It's yeah. a, it, there's a bigger picture there. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think anybody who's lived in in public's territory knows this, but for those who don't, or for those who maybe don't have quite an, a, a strong opinion on it yet, I would love to hear your thought on what the best public sub is. I, knew that. I so knew that was coming. <laughs> oh my goodness. You got me on the spot there. There you go. Um, you know, I'm, I can make them all. Um, I, I, I joke with my leadership that I became a deli manager in 2014 when I, no, 2010 when I started Greenwise. I, I was in a deli a lot. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I would have to say for me, it's the Italian. I, I like the Italian. Oh, yes, that's um, a good one. Yeah, I, I enjoy the Italian. Now, if you ask my customers, I think the chicken tender sub is probably up there. Yeah. The buffalo chicken. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really crazy on that one because it's so much. It's it like is. my goodness. I feel like I ate a bowling ball. When I'm done. <laughs> that's, so my growing teenage boys love. Uh, yeah, that's my kids. the chicken tender sub. <laughs> yeah. I'm also a boar's head Italian. That's that's yeah. my public sub. Yeah, definitely. Italian. Yeah, the boar's head <laughs> is, is is a good brand. 
What Ev? Come I, on. It's got to be chicken tenders. I, I just like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know of any other, you know, store or even restaurant that I've gone to that it will just like slap a, and it's great too. Cause it's not just like they like cram the tenders and like they're chopped up and they're like, you know, yes. like, you know, they're, they're neatly organized in there right. and they slap some cheese on it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, Cause <laughs> it's all of the great things about Publix, right? Mm-hmm. Cause the fried chicken, the chicken tenders, yes. the, yeah. the outside, you know, the, the topping you put on is so good. <laughs> it is. And, it is. You know, people love Publix fried chicken or Publix chicken tenders mm-hmm. and then to put that with Publix bread that everybody loves yeah. you know you're yeah. you're combining too many great things it's a meal <laughs> my first job actually was as a cashier at Publix we probably talked about it on the show before but like uh, every time a rotisserie chicken would come through like you know in, that there's one within the vicinity of you in the <laughs> you store like, and yeah. you're just yeah. instantly hungry you're like oh man alright so I'm gonna go get one <laughs> <laughs> I know what dinner is tonight. Yeah. So many good yeah. things. So many good things. So before we let you go, we typically ask our guests your sure. favorite memory around a table. This is more on a personal note. Sure. Okay. My favorite what is your favorite memory? You know, we have a a tradition in, in, um, at home where we always the day after christmas we have a um a prime rib roast because usually they're on sale during that time so we we usually splurge on it and we don't do it on christmas day because it's just kind of you know it's been it's a hectic day everybody likes just to, just to relax and we just kind of pick but um we always talk about the highs and the lows um so we go around the table and and we'll, I'll go to, I have two boys and, um, and my wife, and we all, we all discuss what our highs and lows were for the year and what we look forward to for the next year. So it's a, uh, it's a fun time to do that, um, mm-hmm. you know, through life and through all our challenges that we, that we face day to day, and just to get them all out there and just to kind of talk about it. That's it's beautiful. Been, How old are your boys? I have a 17-year-old who will be 18 in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and then I have a 15-year-old. So one's getting ready to graduate um, Hillsborough High School in the IB program. Mm-hmm. And the other one is at Gaither, and he is uh, a ninth grader. All right. Wonderful. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much for your time, for standing oh. with us for so many years, Gosh. for standing beside us as we grow and as we know we'll continue to grow to be a hunger-free Tampa Bay by 2025. And you know we're going to do Amen. it. Amen. Mm-hmm. You're right. And we couldn't do it without you. So well, thank you so much, Steve. I am very happy to be along, along for the ride. And trust me when I say I get way more out of my volunteering than, than, I, than I put in, I feel. So thank you. And that's a true board member speaking. <laughs> that's thank <right>. you. <laughs> the Humana Foundation and Feeding Tampa Bay work together to address food insecurity. Our goals are to strategically bring about healthy outcomes and create meaningful, sustainable change for our neighbors throughout the 10-county region that we serve. Learn more about it at feedingtampabay.org slash programs. So really excited to wrap up this segment. We are on location at Blind Tiger with board member Roberto Torres. And I want to remind everybody, Roberto, who's been on the show today, so we'll make sure that we link that. Mm -hmm. Okay. uh, And you can listen to that. So how you doing, friend? Good. You're busy. Good. I'm busy. Yeah. We're all busy. A lot going on. Yeah. This uh, new variant has kept us very busy. Tell us about that because I know it's like we were, you were going to come see us at the food bank. We're on location here, which we love to do. Don't get me wrong. It's pretty awesome. But it's, it's, it's tough for you right now with the variant and just the times right now, the employees and. Yeah. So we typically don't hire. Part-time students, underage, but we have had to rethink our entire pool of what we weren't accustomed to do because the pool has shrank ridiculously. Mm. So we're trying to figure out how can we reimagine our positions Mm -hmm. and our expectation and our workload just so that we can meet it. And the... The, the hardest part is trying to give people time off because mm-hmm. if you're working five days a week and which is 40 hours and then somebody else that is also working five days a week wants a couple of days then you need to find other people that can either switch right. yeah. or, right. or can come cover on their day off which is overtime which is great mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's just put a lot of wear and tear uh, and, and then we, we're running skeletal crews to the bone. So that's yeah. that's sort of like 
what is really tough and challenging. So we have to like trying to figure out how we can cover and 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 meet sort of like the need where the demand is. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then that's has you running all over the place. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. You're yeah. Everywhere. And, you know, for a multi-unit like us, we have seven locations. Mm-hmm. It's a little challenging because whenever you have a meeting or whenever you, you know, start your day, you you, you kind of want to, like, try to get some stuff done. But then, you know. Yeah. Right. Everything else happens. Respon- <laughs> responsibility shifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We kind of yeah. know that on our work. It's very different. And yeah. you're very familiar with our work because you're yeah. on our board. That's true. That's why yeah. you're with us today. ha <laughs> 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 Roberto was like one of the first board members I met when we did the Imagine event, like way back when. I know. Yeah. That's <laughs> right? awesome. Yeah, right? Yeah, was that yeah. when you first, when did you start on our board? 2019. 2019. So, so that was the Imagine, ago. around the Imagine <laughs> event. Yeah, 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 yeah. Three years ago. So even in that short period of time, considering we're going into our 40th anniversary, mm-hmm. you have seen growth like probably Tremendous no other in this time. Yeah. yeah. When right? I got here, there was like seven trucks. Now we are like 40. <laughs> That's 40. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like quadrupled the fleet. <laughs> right. And maybe 40 employees. Now we have and over 185. Employee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Insane. Right. So tell us about your time on the board. Mm-hmm. What it's is the been, most exciting thing to you? What uh, excites you about being on our board? Yeah. I, I, I think the, the, the number one thing is, is trying to imagine a hunger-free Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's you know that's kind of like a moonshot. It's it's what other people would like to think is an impossible goal, mm-hmm. but as long as we can provide every resident in our ten county footprint mm-hmm. um, the opportunity to, if they're hungry, they know where to get food. Yep. I think we have achieved that goal. Yeah. Right. And that's and that's sort of like the most exciting thing about it. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and having that access. So it really, it's having people fully understand what hunger free means. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's right. exactly it. Having access to healthy and nutritious foods yeah. and being able to get there. Yeah. So it's on us to get that in their pathway, right? Right. And right. get it to them, which we're on our way. 95 million meals last year. Wow. <laughs> Not that's too wild. shabby. That's insane. Yeah. Versus 2020, which was? For, uh, what was it, 82? 80, yeah. yeah. It was in the low 80s. That ballpark, yeah. 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 yeah, 82. And before that, I think it was like 45. Right, so right, right, right. it's quite a ways right? up. So double 19 <laughs> and then match and exceed 2020. Yeah. And I think we're slated to about 85 going into this year. Wow. Yeah. We're going to do it. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it. I believe we can. And yeah. then that yeah. means they just the potential for every person in our community <laughs> is great. Right. It, it, you know... Energy. If, if we can solve a, a our resource problem as a species, like the human species, and, and that's energy. How can we harness the power of energy, and then renewable energy, and solar energy, and wind power, tunnel, fossil fuels? That's that's our biggest. I guess hurdle as a species. Mm-hmm. So naturally, when you're talking about people, energy, mm-hmm. it's the number one resource that they need in order to thrive and succeed mm-hmm. as an individual, as a person. So mm-hmm. yeah. getting the best energy that you can get sets you up for unlimited potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That first step towards success. Right. Yep. Right. That seems so appropriate since we're in a coffee shop. The whole energy <laughs> conversation. <laughs> <you> <laughs> <know>. Yeah. <laughs> Roberto's yeah. providing people with the energy they need to succeed. I, I actually, <laughs> uh, Michael Pollan has this book called Caffeine mm-hmm. on Audible. And um, he talks about humanity as a species thriving mm-hmm. after the discovery of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody just became way more productive. Yeah. Cheers to that. I believe yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're, uh, we're really fortunate to have one of uh, Roberto's coffee machines in our break room at, uh, or rather uh, our conference right. room at our the warehouse. Our conference room, yes. <laughs> and it is a hotspot. Whenever I'm in there doing photos or anything, people are just, it's like a, it's a revolving door. People are coming in, get some blind tiger, back to their desk. <laughs> there you go. Yes, and at Trinity Cafe. Yeah. yeah. At Trinity Cafe, yeah. For yeah. those that we serve. Mm-hmm. So that free meal, especially on the weekends at our Nebraska location, they get a nice cup of blind tiger coffee mm-hmm. to go with that delicious chef prepared meal yeah we don't play yeah <laughs> <laughs> <In Tampa Bay. laughs> right? it's true it's it true. Is true it is true so um tell us your thoughts and goals mm-hmm. um as a board member mm-hmm. for feeding tampa bay i think Im- immediately is is trying to create 
the board, the, the most diverse board that the organization I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and, and 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 keep that momentum going. I, I think having having everybody from different walks of life gives us an opportunity to to hear different perspectives mm-hmm. and and you know gives us a better appreciation of of a community and that I think it's 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 paramount and it's also priceless because you can then take some of that knowledge or resource and then bring it back to everybody's organization. Mm-hmm. So, right. so, so I think it makes everybody better. Right. That's, that's the coolest thing about, about this particular board is that I've been able to, even though it's a nonprofit board, I've been able to grasp concepts and then bring them back to, to our own enterprise so that we can keep going. And, and, and I think the affiliation for us, it's cool because we get an opportunity to raise awareness. Mm-hmm. And, and I cannot tell you how many times somebody said, hey, I'm thinking about donating my time, time and a treasure mm-hmm. to a particular nonprofit. And which one do you recommend? And, and it's, that's the first one that rolls out of my tongue. Yeah. Right. Because raising awareness for this particular cause, which it's all encompassing and, and, it's, and it's compounding, right? If you give the opportunity to somebody to to get have access to a, to a nutritious meal, mm-hmm. then they're gonna be able to to take that output and, and make it into something better. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we see that time and time again with the Fresh Force program and, and, and everything else where, you know, we get an opportunity to to hire a lot of those people mm-hmm. uh, that, that come through the program. And, and and we also get an opportunity to our partners get an opportunity for, for, for talent pool, which we have also benefited as well. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a tremendous synergy between all the board members yeah. that I've noticed. Incredible. Yeah. So you talk about learning yeah. even from each other beyond supporting Feeding Tampa Bay, supporting yeah. each other, because it's a strong group mm-hmm. of diverse people, diverse talents right. from uh, different areas of business. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. get an opportunity to work together. Yeah. 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 Which is awesome. really cool. Awesome. <laughs> Huge uh, benefit. We we've had you on the show before, and I think at that point we we talked a little about Fresh Force and uh, and Carmela, who graduated from our Fresh Force program yes. and was working at Blind Tiger for yeah. a while. And since yeah. then, uh, we developed the Barista program as, yeah. as yes. part, which is another track of Fresh Force. And um, I imagine you probably had some of a hand and some of the hand in the planning of that. Yeah, we ended up we ended up we ended up planning it, and then we ended up hiring one person. And now we're trying to figure out when the next class is. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. to get in there. Yeah. Because I don't think people know that not every coffee shop, um, there's a lot of machines mm-hmm. and not true baristas. Yeah. Right. And I know Blind Tiger has true baristas yeah. making yeah. their coffee. Just a little plug there <laughs> as we're sitting in a, in a Blind Tiger. Um, so they're really taught how to really make coffee and specialty coffees rather than just push a button, which I think is important to have that's that right. skill. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Fresh Force uh, trains and everything that we do, whether it be warehouse, culinary, barista, um, and truck driving, yeah. we teach all the skills and certify them. So we have a new class starting right now, mm-hmm. which is pretty exciting, and uh, to kick off the new year. For sure. That's cool. So we'll have new people coming your way and that barista training coming oh, as well. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. So thank you for coming back on the show again. Thank Absolutely. you for hosting us here. Yeah. Thank you. Um, if you, any of you guys listening want to check out all of our board members, it's right on our website, and you can see how absolutely diverse and amazing that this group is. And our next show, who is it that we have, Ev? We have a full hour dedicated yeah. to one of our newest board members. Howard Grossworth. Howard Grossworth oh, from the Yankees. So that's the show that will follow this one. Um, and he comes to the crew to add some more insight. And he made a huge, wonderful donation yeah. as a surprise over the holidays as well mm-hmm. to help um, move our mission forward. So thank you so much. Yeah, and that's a wrap on another humans segment of Feeding Tampa Bay. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.